everybody. Welcome to another installment of Innovation Crush, recorded live at the SAE Institute. I can hear a heartbeat from a thousand miles. And the heavens open every time that she smiles. And when I come to her, that's where I belong. Yet I'm running into her like a river song. She gave me love, 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 love. Crazy love. She gave me love, 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 love. Crazy love. Find sense of humor when I'm feeling low down. And when I come to her when the sun goes down, takes away my heartache, takes away my grief, and takes away my trouble in the night like a thief. She gave me love, 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 crazy love. She gave me love, 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 love. Crazy love, and I need her in the daytime, and I need her in the night, and I wanna throw my arms around her, kissing hugger and kissing hugger tight, and when I'm returning from so far away. Give me some sweet loving to brighten up my day And it makes me righteous And it makes me whole And it makes me mellow Down into my soul She give me love, 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 love Crazy love She give me love, 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 love Crazy love She give me love, love, love Love, crazy love, she give me love, crazy love. Yes, yeah, that was that was crazy. <laughs> Thanks, I love it. Thank you so much. That's a, this is my double entendre. Yeah, yeah. It's my give back. <laughs> hey, it's my creative tie give it back all to full you. circle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I'll take it, man. Wow. I'll take um, it. Actually, I'm, like, I have, how are you feeling, Miguel? You feel good? That's great. Um, James Thanks, Landis, guys. say hello. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, good. Stoked to be here on How Innovation you Crush. God, I'm flattered you are having me on here. I'm flattered you you actually made it. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm amazed I made it. You took time out of your extremely busy <laughs> schedule. <laughs> it's all good. It was on the way to Arizona. All right, so in case you guys are tuning in for the first time, shame on you. You should have been listening a long time ago. Seriously. But... But um, if you are tuning in for the first time, this show covers all things innovation, creativity, uh, smart people doing smart things. And not only is this guy beautifully silky voiced, um, uh, he's also very smart and creative. So, uh, James, Jimmy, Jimbo. Whatever you want. Jam, jamboree. <laughs> I'll take jamboree. Yeah, I like that. I'm just going to go by that now. Yeah, just, yeah, I like it. <laughs> no last name. Uh, <laughs> yeah. give, us the, give us the 101 on uh, who you are and, and, and what you've been up to. Okay. Um, I'm a singer-songwriter originally from San Francisco, California. Um, I've lived in a lot of random places, been pursuing music in different capacities for the last 10 years, um, which has led to some living in some crazy places. I've lived in New York for a while, London for a little bit. Uh, Italy for a time, L.A., Seattle, um, most recently New York. 
And um, uh, I guess the uh, story in a bottle is basically, thanks. Um, you know, three years into living in New York, uh, which is an amazing city, and I don't think I'll ever get enough of it, um, I was doing all this side work to pursue a music career, to keep myself afloat, because music never really pays the rent. Um, so I was doing graphic design and uh, web development, so I was coding and doing all these other jobs. Um, and after three years in New York, I was just kind of tired of not doing music and um, tired of the guitar taking a backseat to work on the computer. Yeah. So um, I tried to come up with a way to do music full-time immediately. I'm not not really, like, you know, I'm not famous um, in America. But well, you are now. <laughs> just kidding. Thank you. Thank you're you. yeah. internet famous. Great. <laughs> That's fantastic. For the 17 listeners. I, like like I said, I'll take it. I'll take anything I can get at this point. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, as, as, a, as an unknown, I was like, how do I, how do, I do music full time? And, um, and I just was like, I got to lower my burn rate so I don't have to do secondary work to support myself. And uh, how do I do that? And the answer was to move across country, buy a van, uh, convert it into a home on wheels and studio on wheels, and just start playing in people's living rooms immediately. Because um, I figured if I showed up in a living room, you know, uh, the person having the show would invite 25, 50 of their friends and that'd be 50 people who had never heard me before. Um, and rather than, you know, the venue hustle where they're like, bring out a hundred people and you're like, I, I'm not from Northern Michigan. You know? Otherwise, oh, money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I'm, yeah. The, I'm the talent. Like, I don't, wait, I don't understand. What are you, what are you hiring me to do? <laughs> wait, is, you're not is, hiring that, me? That's a hustle in and of itself. <laughs> Uh, to tell me about it. Um, how much do do people charge you to book people in their living? No, just kidding. Um, no, so I mean that, that's great. Where did the idea for that come from? Because you know I know a lot of art. Like there's a shitload of artists yeah. in the world. You know, look at any YouTube on any given day or SoundCloud or whatever. Um, everybody's trying to cut through the clutter. And totally. the, the, what attracted me to this was that it was such a easy like I love ideas when I go like ah why didn't I think of that right like it's it's easy but no one's really done it like where where what was the mechanic where you go like that's gonna be the thing yeah it's funny you ask that because I think you know for a long time I over engineered things you know I thought I thought like a lot of people do you need a label you need you know just someone to come reach out of the sky and pluck you out of obscurity and then I, I, I got more zen about it and I was like I don't need that like I just need a small group of people who really like what I do enough to let me do it full time. And so that made it a lot simpler. You know, I was like, I just, I just got to get, I mean, if what I'm doing is working, if, if every once in a while I play and somebody says that was awesome, I just need to find those people. And the fastest way for me to do that was literally to just get on the ground and just start playing as much as possible. So I was like, I'm going to do a hundred shows in 2017. They're all going to be kind of DIY, um, come one, come all, meet as many people as possible and just play, play, play. And you know, the thing about this is that, like, I don't, I don't know if this is the right way to do it. You know, I'm, these shows are free too, by the way. Like, right. they're they're free to have. So um, the only way I'd make money is by guest donations. So I'm just like, pay whatever you want, um, because I'm trying to I'm trying to eliminate all barriers for people to be able to find me and hear my music. Um, but uh, I lost my train of thought. No, I mean, just being out, like, where did the idea and the mechanic come from for, for, for doing that? But I think you, t- you hit the nail on the head, right, is being in front of people like this in a, in a really intimate way. Yeah, just kind of action, right? I think I got to this point after a long time, and I was just like, action trumps perfection every time. And Actually, look at, it, look at the top of my notes. Action trumps perfection. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I I feel like you know I joined a cult, but like that's literally my new my new mantra because for so long I didn't put out material because it just wasn't there, it wasn't perfect, and I got hung up on that. And now you know I, I put out a live album and it's really rough around the edges, and um, everything I do now is just with an acoustic guitar. It's super raw. It's just 
you know, if, if I fuck up, everyone hears it. Yeah. But am I allowed to say fuck uh, up? Yeah. But now you are. <laughs> okay. <sorry>. No, it's, <laughs> no, it's funny because actually that was going to lead me to my next thing. Because I think with the live show, right, you like you, you, there is this like almost a like comedy of errors. And when I did get to get a chance to see you, there were kids there and like yeah. you edited some things. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, um, but it was also like, oh, what am I going to do next? Right. Like, and I think you get to practice action Trump's perfection totally. in that environment. Absolutely. I mean, what's nice about it is that it's like, it's really ephemeral. Like, n- nobody's going to remember if I made like a huge fuck up, you know, um, on a night. And no one's going to remember if I did the wrong thing. They'll just get a general idea. And if they leave that party with, you know, or even in memory, even a week later, being like, that was really cool. That was a lot of fun. Then yeah. then it's it's a win for me, you know? Why, why, why does it work with you? Because like, you're super approachable. You're tall, handsome, strapping young lad. Thank you. Were you Thank six, you four, six? Yeah. Oh, oh nice, wow. dude. Former anesthesiologist. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Six four, two hundred twenty pounds. I just, I just, I looked at you so long. When, <laughs> like, he must be six four. <laughs> like, that's a guy who's six four. <laughs> that, that, that is a six foot four man. Um, no, but like even in this environment, right? I walk in. I, I had no idea it was you that was performing. Like you totally like blended in. We're like super personable. Like you know, what is your own sort of approach and personality when you enter someone someone's home like that? Well, that's been funny, honestly, because I, I. I a lot of people look at me and think that, um, by the way I act, that I'm an extrovert. And it's funny. My older brother's the extrovert in the family. I'm not. I'm a high-functioning introvert. Like, I literally, you know, at those parties, it's funny. I'll talk to, like, 50 people, and at the end of it, I just will go in my van and shut the door and be like, oh, my God. You know, <laughs> silence. <laughs> start just bawling. You, know, you just start crying, you know, and <laughs> curl up and rock back and forth. But it's it's funny. Like, I, it, this is really um, – I knew this would be good for me. I also have this sort of policy in life where if I'm afraid to do something, I just make myself do it and jump in until I'm better at it. And uh, socializing is one of those things where I'm just like, God, what am I going to do? Just going into these houses. Sometimes I don't know people that well. Like sometimes they're friends and family friends and friends of friends. But, you know, there's been times where people have booked me and I'm just, I have no idea who they are. Like I'm playing this like 100 to 200 person show in the middle of Washington and I don't know the people. And it's, I'm, I'm super excited about it. But right. it's, it's, it's always, Every single night is different. And that's part of what keeps it interesting, too. Oh, that's what I was going to say with that train of thought I lost, was that with this model, even if it doesn't work, I always tell people, if worse comes to worse, like, I'm spending a year on the road doing what I love and seeing the country. So yeah. it's, it's a win-win for me. That, and that was, like, the, the heart of the business model was, like, you know, I'll come away with inspiration and content for days, even if, even if I don't become a billionaire, you know, right. which, which I'm banking on, you know. Yeah, you know, you should yeah, become a billionaire. Yeah. Billionaire, just like one day at a time. <laughs> <laughs> one $5 tip at a time. <laughs> one f- cash-filled guitar case. You're like the desperado of banking. Exactly. Um, I told you, it's my guitar. <laughs> uh, now, now I lost my train of thought. No, um, I, I, I love that. I just, you know, I love the fact that it's these, these intimate showcases. Um, what's been, I, I guess, the best moment that you remember and the worst moment and the weirdest moment oh god man that's that's a super tough call <laughs> i think the worst moment was um was walking into or playing a show there was one show where and this has been my fault i took the blame for this i've since published a, a manual that explains you know how these work basically the trade-off for me doing a free show where people can pay whatever they want is that people have to listen. So the worst show is when this group of people just kind of um, had me play in the background and nobody listened, which really sucked. So I was like, wow, I'm not getting paid and nobody's listening because they thought it was right. background music. But that was, again, that was my fault and, and that host was actually super gracious and ended up paying me afterwards. Um, but, uh, you know, in the moment when I thought, 
holy shit, I'm playing a free show and nobody's listening. Um, like jokes on me, I got to change this up a little bit. That was probably that was probably the low moment. And if that's low moment, that's not even that, yeah, that's bad. Not that bad. I mean, honestly. Um, I thought somebody put some in your tea or whatever. Yeah, the, the worst moment was when I was on acid. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I thought I was playing a house concert, but I wasn't at all. Um, I was actually at Disneyland. Um, I think uh, I think the gosh, the best moment. It's it, it's really it's weird because the some of the more the better moments I've found have not been like super obvious. It's like a feeling when I leave, right? Where I just feel really taken care of by people. Like, and so I guess that's sort of a, um, I don't know, like a woo woo answer to that question, but I, no, it's great. It, like, it's really building relation. And that's, again, that's kind of just me outside looking in and watching you interact and like really building relationships. And, yeah. and I think that's, that's far more valuable than, you know, a million YouTube views. Totally. That's what I was, I would much rather have like one amazing friend than like a million, you know, good time Charlies. And I think, I think, you know, from my perspective as a marketer, whatever you want to call me, um, like when we look at what, (laughs) what influencers are, right? Like it's that it's about the relationship, not about the mass reach, right? It's, um, it's that ability to like drive passionate people and let them be your brand ambassadors. And I believe a lot of your shows are word of mouth, right? Totally. And and that was the, that was also kind of built into the model, you know, after a while, especially with shows. Like when we played traditional venue shows when I was in my old band, we hustled so hard and we were always harassing friends to come out to shows and I hated that. Like I hate treating friends like a head, you know? Yeah. And especially in the same city, right? In the you're same like, city. You're like t- Tuesday night again, guys. Yeah. Oh my God, it's the worst. <laughs> yeah. It's such, it's horrible. It's the return on investment, like, financially and personally is horrible. So I also got to this point where I was like, I just want to find people that really love what I do. Cause I had this, I had this record executive. I had a meeting with him. This is the, towards, I'd say towards the end of my naive phase, like right before I moved to New York, who was like, you know, he was, he was at a pretty big label in New York. And he was just like the sound you're trying to do this old school R and B sound. It's like, it's too old school. He's like, you need to like edify it up a bit. And He's like, it's not going to work, the sound you're doing. And I was like, what about Mayor Hawthorne? He's like, he's like, well, he's an exception to the rule. I'm like, I'm like what about Amy Winehouse? You know, I'm, like, I'm like naming all these people that, you know, or Lauren Hill, who like fused like hip hop and the doo-wop sound. And it was just like, it was just like incredible, you know? And uh, he was just like, no, 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 that none of that will work. And I think at that moment, I was just like, you know what? I don't need to, I mean, I, I, I'm, I don't mean this in like a... Um, arrogant way. Like I, I definitely need to win people over, but I don't need to win people over who aren't on board with what I'm doing. And if I can just find the people who are, are on board, like I'll take, I'll take a, five of them over, yeah. you know, a hundred people who are just kind of like, Oh, this is nice. This is a pretty sound, you know? Um, you, you've said this a few times, just this idea of a business model. Right. And, yeah. and I don't think a lot of people readily associate that phrasing with a traveling artist in his band. <laughs> I know right? no, for in sure. His band, for I mean. sure yeah. So, um, <laughs> Where does that, I mean, where does the business acumen come from? Is it just from basic need or was it, you know, did it evolve over time? Like, where did that come from? No, I think it came from, you know, I ran my own freelancing graphic design and development business for a while. And um, and I started seeing a lot of parallels between what I wasn't doing in music and what I was doing for that to get new business. And, you know, the old cliche is so true. It just seems that it falls on deaf ears with musicians a lot of times. I think they don't approach their music like a business. And I'm not the type of person to be so self-righteous that I'm like, screw. I mean, I, guess, I know I just said screw people who aren't on board with what I'm doing. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm, I'm also, you know, um, want to survive and I want to make this work. Right. So I'll adjust the, this model. But um, but yeah, like coming up with a business model in the first place, coming up with a plan um, was a game changer for me. Because before this, it was just 110 you know, percent hustle and 
really zero business sense. Like when I used to be in the band, we'd book tours that made no sense. Right. It'd be like it's like glorified joy rides, right? We'd burn through Kickstarter money, which is just, it's just bad. It's just like um, it's not sustainable to raise money from people and then <laughs> just kind of blow it on a tour where you just look cool, but because you're playing all these places, but you're not growing as a business. So right. I was like, you know, now I just I just want to play a small place. Like if I play a venue show, I want to play a small one and pack it out. I don't want to try to like play the big rooms and brag about playing this huge venue and then fill it like a quarter of the way. Yeah, it's just for me now. It's just all about aiming to kill every time and um even if that's small like yeah. just humble myself to the very very bottom and, and grow up from there you know well even the, you know what i thought was also interesting and funny was um <laughs> you had a you have a one sheet like this like here's how you deal with me yeah right? like, yeah 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 totally totally um, walk us through a couple of the points on that sheet the rules of engaging james landman in your in your home or venue well the first rule um is that if it's a free show um you know, people have to listen. That, that was the biggest thing. It's so funny. I had a lot of musicians tell me, you shouldn't play for free. You're undervaluing, undervaluing our music, you know? And I'm like, well, when I'm in a bar and, you know, two people are listening and uh, 200 people are just drinking and talking over me, um, I would actually just rather have people listen to me, even if I'm not making that much money and hear what I'm doing because I have a better chance of winning them over and getting into my music. Um, so that was the, that's the first golden rule is that like, y- your guests can talk. I'm, I'm pretty chill, but like, this isn't a background performance. You know, I had some guy yell out at one of my shows. He goes, this isn't a cafe to all the people behind him. It was super funny. But um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm like, I'm like, I need the host to tell their friends, like, look, this is a special 45-minute moment. It's not that long. I, I don't want to bore people. I don't want to make them sit there for two hours. Um, invite people who are into music. Invite people who can who can listen. And, you know, this isn't a background thing. If you want background music, that's a flat rate. So that's a different thing, you know? Right. Um, which I'm happy to do. I'm not, I'm not um, above that. Um so that's one of the main rules. The the second rule and the third rule aren't hard and fast. That's the only one that's really hard and fast. Right. The second and third rule is just, you know, please make an effort to promote my stuff. Like tell tell your people, follow me on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, support them, join the mailing list. Um, and then the third rule is if you decide to video and take photographs that you just tag James in the right places. So, I mean, it's it's pretty laxed. And I, I think that I think the business model will update um, as I move on. And so I'm doing this for a whole year. So what's cool about that is that like I can adapt and you know I already have like I learned I got to be really explicit about this isn't background music right. you know if you're hiring me for like a birthday party or a wedding or something like that you don't just get like a free performance you know um, but uh, you know going forward I don't know I I I made it free at the beginning because I thought that it would lower the barrier for younger people too right and um, what I found is that like pretty much no one under the age of 30 is booked <laughs> one of these shows maybe maybe like two people but it's been it's been a totally different beast why is that like what what do you think the difference is i i think it's a i don't i'm not sure i, I think it's just a, a where people are at in life right i think if you're like a little bit older you've got a, a house you've got a place to host and you've got the type of friends that would come over for that kind of thing i think it's just a speed difference honestly yeah you know it's weird because it's funny again i put my marketer hat back on we talk about like millennials and they love experiences Dude, i'm all ears like literally yeah <laughs> right yeah. it's like oh we we love ex- they love experiences let's give them this but you know and sometimes we bust our own bubble it's like yeah. oh wait i guess that wasn't the truth <laughs> at least in the, in the in this case well that's uh, just funny i'm like i feel like such a like a stereotypical millennial because i'm like i, just, I don't care if i make money i'm just interested in experience like oh god you know um <laughs> but uh but uh <laughs> but, 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 wow but the, <laughs> the visual uh, that's what you get to do in interviews <laughs> but um 
but uh, yeah, I, I do think it's really interesting. I'm like, um, that, that's literally what I'm, I'm trying to do, just create these magical experiences for a little moment in time, you know, so that we can connect and, and create this connection that's off of Facebook and off of social media that's just like super surface and, and way more real. But yeah, it's, uh, I, I think that might be my you know my lack of marketing skills i think right because I'm, I'm i wouldn't say that i'm i'm a naturally good marketer i wouldn't say i'm a good self-promoter um i wouldn't say that you know I, i've i've got the the marketing brain but what you but what you did what like you built a machine that kind of does it for you right it's every artist like I, and as many times as i've talked to on the show to people in the music business i'm like doesn't the artist just really want to be an artist right yeah. like you don't you just oh. like and not have to worry about like, am I updating my social media? Am I like getting the right bloggers to listen? You're am I doing all this the stuff? The dream, <laughs> like literally, like when people were like, "Where, where? What's your end game?" I'm like, "That's my end game." <laughs> like just, just being able to show up and play, and having somebody deal with all the administrative stuff. Right. Like, you know, people are always like, "Is your 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 days are pretty chill, right?" You just like kind of wake up at like eleven and like you know roll out of bed and like play a show at night and then repeat, right? And I'm like, no, absolutely not. You know. Like I'd say, like eighty percent of my day is just fielding emails, routing, um, researching like venue opportunities, um, and also just operating social media. Because I mean, if you're not on that all the time, people forget about you so fast. Yeah. Like the key, I, th- I think, to social media is just being at the forefront of people's minds all the time. So you just constantly like content, content, content. You know. How much are you thinking about that as you're going about? Like, how much of it is second nature? And how much of it is like, oh, oh wait, it's Wednesday, and I didn't post <sighs> since Saturday. <laughs> a lot of it, the latter, honestly. Really? Sad, it's, it's a little bit more like the pressure of it, of doing it. Well, I try, to, I try to video these shows when I play them because I have this grandiose dream of making this into a documentary at the end of the year because I think it could be good fodder for a documentary. But, you know, I'm videoing with my iPhone, so I'm, like, not able to upload anything to Instagram so, or Facebook. So, you know, like a couple of days later, I'll be like, throwback Wednesday to, <laughs> to this show, right. you know, and it's just like way back Wednesday, you know? <laughs> exactly. It's like from 20, uh, 2010. I'm like, man, crush Monday. It's me. It's, it's fun. It's <laughs> me, me playing. Yeah. My, my, my <laughs> it's just, it's just, uh, it's, I find it super hard to stay on top of it. But at the same time, this, this tour is just like a content farm. I mean, the funniest things have happened. I helped this this girl in Huntington Beach rip a stripper pole out of her ceiling. Oh, um, she couldn't get it out, and I had the right height and leverage and was able to yank it out for her, which is fantastic. So there's you know there's things like that which I got on height video. and leverage and yanking it out and stripper pole. That's a, quite a story. It's a lot, right? I mean, yeah. I, this is still family friendly, right? Those good hashtags <laughs> on the like just on the picture. Like what? Wait, what, did do? what did he do? Love that interview. Yeah, <laughs> yanking it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, like that kind of stuff, you know, I have that in spades and I actually didn't even video, like I can't even get most of what happens. I walked into this one party and there was a Trump pinata and there were joints and constitutions flying out of it. I was just like, holy crap, like, where am I right now? <laughs> was right? it pro-Trump or? It was anti. Oh, okay. All right. That's what was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, they're hitting this Trump thing. I mean, if it was pro, it would have been a different story, but it just <laughs> snuck out and been like, <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, it's just, that, that's what I mean. Like these things happen. I didn't even get that. I couldn't get that on video. You yeah. Know? Cause I was just holding all my gear, setting up and just like jaw on the floor. Like, where am I right now? You know? And it's, um, it's amazing. You know, this, this the way, how different people's lives are house to house too. You know, the, does that affect your craft in any way? Like get it. And, and I think, you know, I, I almost look at what you said earlier at the beginning is like where you've lived. You lived in, you know, London and Italy and you, you've lived in a lot of different places. Now you're going there and living temporarily. You all right there. I don't want you to. 
<laughs> Italy. Stop drinking in the studio. Um, <laughs> so, many, so many bottles here. It's super hard to concentrate. Exactly. We're popping bottles up in this motherfucker. Um, <laughs> uh, now I lost my train of thought. Um, you said you lived in all these places. Yes. And so now you're having like these intimate moments. Like, how has that affected your craft as you go on? And you like really learn what people are responding to in this intimate environment. Yeah, I think it's it's made me more. I think it's made me more business minded because I've started to pick up what people respond to. Like, I you know, like people really like sing-alongs. You know, sometimes I drop my pride and I, I feel super dorky doing the, the classic like super singer songwriter thing, being like clap along with this song, guys. You know, but it, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like I I just want people to have a good time and um and enjoy themselves as much as you know, as much as be able to play music for them. So it's a, it's a fun balance, but it's, yeah, it's been really interesting to learn what people respond to. I think, I think for a long time I started off in electronica, which is weird. My musical career is completely backwards. I started off in techno, producing techno and, <laughs> and trance and, uh, you know, eventually picked up a guitar and learned how to play it, learn how to like sing a bit. And, um, and here I am now with an acoustic guitar. I, I it's for a long time I threw all this production at stuff and um, and I think people are really responding well to the acoustic thing which is which is funny because like I, I I listen to I still listen to like a ton of electronica um, I just love that like so when your van pulls up it's like yeah yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like come out with an acoustic guitar I'm like I'm here um, but yeah I mean it's 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 totally it's cool to do it's cool to do what I want to do, but also be doing market research. Like again, this is right. this is stuff that like I I don't do naturally, but I'm like, oh this this is oh this is market research. Like I'm like I'm collecting data points, you know. Like, well, look, I, like it's funny. I I participated in this like startup, you know, uh, launchpad as a as a mentor. Yeah. And I sat with like forty startups over three days and talked to them all. And I talked to the organizer at the end. I was like, you realize the majority of these founders have never met a customer. Right, they've never actually just sat down and like, yes, I made, I built one of the best shopping apps in, you know, India, whatever. Um, but I've actually never sat down and go like, hey, what do you actually like? What you know, look at this texture on you, just to get a sense of like the human side of the business, um, and you get to experience that on a at least a hundred days. Dude, that's so funny you bring that up, honestly, because you know. Again, like the day job was like primarily like UX and UI design, right? For iPhone apps and Android apps, right? So we're constantly speculating like the user is going to want to do this and we're going to cut out this step and this step. And it drove me nuts that we never just got people in a room and we're like, here, try this out. Let's see how you interact with this or, or talk to them. Like, what do you, what do you want? Who's, what's, the, what's the pain point for you? Yeah, exactly. Totally. <laughs> Who, who's our core demographic? What do they want? Let's just like let's just solve problems in real time, you know? Again, it's like way faster to just get on the ground and do it and maybe like fuck up a bunch, maybe do the wrong thing a bunch instead of just speculating in a, in a box forever, you know, and then just releasing a product that like is hit or miss, you know? Yeah. I, I'm not saying that the companies I worked with did that. It's just, I noticed a lot of that in that world. Like there's a lot of speculation, a lot of arguing, a lot of, um, you know, dick whacking, <laughs> like, you know, a lot of, you know, just a lot of, a lot of ego about, yeah. uh, I know what's right. I, I think we should do this and not a lot because of, because I have a phone. Right. Yeah. And not a lot, of, not a lot of like <laughs> hardcore science, you know, at, right. the, at the core of it, I'm like, I, I'm somebody who just needs science. Like I need, or I need, you know, concrete facts you to back. You balance of both, right? You need yeah. gut, but you also need like, okay, like I've, I've actually seen this and, that, and it wasn't just from me in my head and like the people that live in my house. <laughs> um, no, I, I I feel like you're in this space where you're becoming you, 
Yeah, no, I think that's very true. Uh, what's that like? Because uh, you talk about techno and UX design, and now you're like you're just comfortable. Well, right? you're you're so you keep. I mean, I'm not to blow smoke up your ass, but you're you're actually asking it's really good questions because like this is something I've been thinking Thank about you. a lot. Thank like, you, James. Like, no, I mean, I'm I'm serious. Like this is it's crazy. You're hitting the nail on the head with that. Like because I was driving um, a couple weeks ago um, from Northern California to LA for a string of Southern California shows, and I just. I, again, it sounds like super hippy dippy, but I just felt so whole, and I was like, I, this is, I was like, what is this feeling? Like, <laughs> this is weird. I don't, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. <laughs> I feel like I'm, right. I'm right where I need to be, and um, and I, I don't know if I've really ever like felt that, like, whole before in terms of like what I was doing. You know, I have no fear about this working out. Like, my burn rate's so low. Like, you can't, you can't sink me. You know, <laughs> like, I'd have to like, I'd have to like, you know, have my car totally blow up and all get mugged and you know for. for for me to be financially sunk. So, you know, I have a safety net and this ability to do what I'm doing and I'm, and I'm traveling, I'm meeting people and playing music. Like, I really couldn't ask for much more. And people are always like, do you want to be famous? Like, what's your end game? You know, and I'm, I'm like, I don't really need that. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be Justin Bieber, you know, I just, right. uh, I, I, I'd be a weird Justin Bieber. Yeah, I'd be a super weird Justin Bieber, <laughs> old Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, I just, you know, I just want to create a, um, I, I just want to be able to do this like full time, you know, and it was so weird for years. It just didn't, click and then this last October when I decided to do this I was like it just totally made sense you know I was like the math checks out like it it just makes sense hit the ground running and and so far honestly like when you said name a bad experience the one I mentioned wasn't even that bad right like if that's the worst so far I'm I probably got one coming you know (laughs) but uh but uh you know I mean it's honestly it's been like yeah I, I can't I can't articulate how positive an experience it's been yeah. and how surprising that is to me because, you know, I was like, this, there's going to be moments where I'm going to be in the middle of like Mobile, Alabama playing for like, you know, two people in like a small trailer. And it's just going to be us three. And it's going to be super awkward. And like, you know, there's going to be these like these moments of like, like, where am I? What am I doing? But even even the bizarre moments are um, are awesome. Yeah, they're just they're new memories and they're things I haven't experienced before, you know? And that's what I think life's about. No, it's fantastic. It's, you know, when I think about the the audience that listens to the show, whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur or individuals who are just kind of like trying to figure it out or trying to figure out the next level solution, there, I feel like you do hit this like, ah, moment. If you're open, and I don't also mean to get hippy-dippy, but there is this like, there's a a euphoria, you know, if you will, or utopian feeling that, we kind of ignore it in the journey, like getting there. It's like, no, 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 I got to do X, Y, and Z. I got to oh do God. these things. And I need, like, you know, when I deal with a client, it's what's the ROI? Who, like, what's the like experiment for a second, right? Like, set a new precedent for like what you did. You set a new precedent for yourself and for other artists, you know, um, that, that could probably do this. Well, I think it's, I mean, that's so funny. Like, I, it, it, it blows my mind in hindsight now how long I ignored the simplicity of just doing what I wanted to do and, and sitting down and figuring out how to do it properly, right? Instead of being like, you know, society tells artists, I think, um, well, society tells everyone, like, you need to you need to make money. You need to, like, climb this rank. You need to climb this, this ladder in this job. You need to make as much money as possible. And people lose track of, like, why, why they even want to be successful, like, why they want to make money, you know? Like, what's the point if you aren't happy in what you're doing? Right. Like, I mean... Again, this is stuff that people know, I think, instinctively, but like I, I ignored it for years. And, and I think that's what you're talking about is when, when people realize like uh, this aha moment, like, holy crap, this is all I need you know, to, yeah. to do what I want. And it becomes, I mean, it'd be in a sea of 
any craft, like in, pick an industry. I don't yeah. care if you make rockets or screws or music. Like there are thousands of you, right? Totally. And so, in order to cut through the clutter, it's it's interesting how much individuality plays a role in the creative output. Again, if you're making screws or widgets or rockets, like there's a creative output and there's you as, as part of that process. Totally. And, and maybe I can ask you this question, like given your expertise, but like I, I always had this feeling that like when you're going after demographic, you're, you're really just going after who, you know, you yourself, you're, you're literally just trying to find people who like what you do. If, if, if your artist is from you, you know? So, you know, for years it's like, why why try to please the people who aren't on board with what you're doing right just find the people that like like what you're doing and it makes it makes total sense like yeah. it, if it if it's hard if it's not fitting together if it's like square pegs and round holes like it's probably not the right direction to go well, i think there's i think there's definitely like a parallel between you what you do or a stand up comedian or you know a film studio right you're kind of making that product for that one person you know, yeah. how, how many people are you making eye contact with when you're performing, right? Like, it's like, all right, I'm having an intimate moment with you right now. Any author who writes a book, I'm writing to one person. Um, and so, yeah, we think mass. And I think the only thing about mass for me is, like, what is the common thread? And so what is the common, like, human truth, if you right, will, right. Um, that you know, we can satisfy with this beverage or with this title, the brand promise or whatever? Like, if you're if you're brand statement is action trumps perfection yeah right like everything you do will start to breathe that whether it is like you know your own flyers that you might do and it's like oh it's kind of anyway my own shitty flyer exactly yeah. <laughs> but you know, you know i i released a lot of 80 percent like done stuff because yeah. i'm like mm, just like as we were getting ready to, to set up the recording today he's like oh you want me to go get a mic for the guitar i was like no <laughs> yeah well you gotta no. make those decisions right <laughs> yeah because ultimately that time adds up right and like i think you you realize and like the, when you look back in the grand scheme of things that like again it's not it's not like the you don't remember like the tiny little moments you know it's not it's a, the big picture yeah so you get to a point where you're like you got to make those decisions do I need this do I need to cut this out do I need to adapt you know it's just I think I think it's the right way to move and for a long time I didn't I got hung up on the minutia you know did you know that uh, your Wikipedia page is wrong it says you were born in 1767 and died in 1841 that's and actually that you were a not wrong. Um, oh. Which is super weird. I don't know how if you've ever had a, um, a vampire on your show before, but uh, I'm <laughs> oh. glad to be the first. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first for everything. By the way, that was the first music performance. Oh, was um, it? Yeah. That's awesome. God, yeah. I'm totally flattered. Yeah, that was the first. I had a uh, I had a guy spit poetry. Oh yeah. Yes. Shout well, out to Seku Andrews. That's awesome. Yes, it was pretty awesome. Um, no, that that is a true story. There's a James Landman from like history. I know. The problem is that. And we're solving this right now. Is that, like I said, I'm, I'm horrible at self promotion. I have barely any press. I mean, I just started, you know, this year, kind of like January, this new solo thing. But yeah. This is the first press I've got. So first musical performance, first press. This is this is a, a lot of firsts. Hopefully, I can update yeah. that Wikipedia page. Be like, I was on Innovation. <laughs> exactly. I'm legitimate. All right, screw that lawyer from 17. 100 years later, or whatever. 100 years later. It only took me 100 years to get on, <laughs> get press. You seem like a student of the craft. Um, you know, well-versed in techno, but you also talked about Lauryn Hill and doo-wop. Um, you use the term neo-soul. And, like, you know, I think there's a um, – every artist, all of us, I think, are like a collection of experiences and things that we've had. How much How much do you study your craft or how much have you studied your craft? Um, well, I'm self-taught. I don't know how to read music. Um, I never went to school for music um, or voice. So, you know, that is – 
I think I could have done it that. Shows. I think I could have done that better. No, okay. oh, no honestly, like, I think I, I think I could have gone to like a proper school because learning online and or learning by trial and error is a super slow way to do it. But I think you learn things really well. Um, you know, in terms of like genres and stuff, I I think you know I, I kind of mentioned this at that that party I played, but um, you know we were raised with like some not our peers listened to like a lot of classic rock growing up and. You know, we grew up with like '90s hip hop, and then you know, also our parents listened to like mostly like Motown um, and Nat King Cole, so like old jazz, right? So we missed out on that whole classic rock era. So what's funny about that Crazy Love cover is that someone asked me to play this Van Morrison song, and I'd never heard it before, and this person was just appalled. And I was like, "All right, I'll learn it for you." And that's become you know one of my um, kind of favorite covers to do. Um, but yeah, like we were raised mostly um, on Motown, and it's funny is that my mom actually bought the miseducation of Lauren Hill. She's the one who brought it into our home. So it's funny. Like I remember coming home from school, putting my backpack down, and she'd just be blasting that from like Is your mom know. black? No, I know that's that's, that's the thing. Ass, you know, that's that's the thing. It's like so like reverse different strokes. It's so funny, I know, right? And she's just like this like little like suburban white lady, but she just loved Lauren Hill and she um you know, she's always had good taste in music. I mean I think that comes from listening to Motown. I think right. anybody who who appreciated that side of the miseducation of Lauren Hill like got where she was drawing from, you know? Yeah. Um but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. I mean, I I think over time, you know, I started off as a DJ and and into dance music. I think uh, I think for a long time people were like, "You're too all over the place. You got to consolidate." And that's what I got hung up on for years. I was like, "What what's my sound? Like, what do I do?" And then, you know, somebody kind of put it to me really simply. They're like, "Dude, your sound is just your voice. Like, you know, it's it doesn't matter what genre you're really doing. So when I cover things, I do a pretty wide range. And I, I like right. to think that maybe I've I don't know." I have my own signature sound now that's just, you know, I don't know the way I play guitar or the way I sing. But, um, you know, as far as production goes, it'd be cool to, um, I, I'd love to get like a happy marriage between electronica and like the old R&B sound. I think that'd be a killer mix. That'd be cool. Yeah, you know? Now that's the van I, I don't mind pulling up. Yeah, T- right? Tell me about the van. Like, what, like, oh, the van. like, walk me through the van visually as if I were a woman at one of your shows. Okay. And you're like, All right. Hey, I'm, like, I'm like, you walk in, there's a rotating bed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's a disco ball. <laughs> there's a disco ball. <laughs> the velvet painting. No, I literally bought the only van that I'd be able to stand up in, and that was Dodge Sprinter. Um, it's used. I got it for, <laughs> I think, $12,000. Um, when I got it, it had belonged to a plumber out in Chicago. So it was super rusty. I spent the first month just kind of cleaning it out, de-rusting it, repainting it. And I built this platform inside. So it's got storage. It's got a um, seven-seater dinette where you could, like, raise the table up and sit around it. Um, the dream was for me to be able to work and record in there from the road. I originally thought I was actually going to do graphic design on the road to stay afloat. But I haven't had to do that, which has been great. Um and then, you know, it also, the, the table comes down and, and forms a bed. So it, it's pretty Spartan. But what's funny is that I was living in t- New York up until October. So yeah. I, f- I feel like I got all the practice for living in a tight space. I was going to say, it's probably the same yeah. size. Yeah, as <laughs> it's actually bigger than my Brooklyn apartment, which is super sad. I can do yoga in it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, so th- it's it's basically like the, the simple needs. And it's evolving. It's a work in progress. But the simple needs was I needed a place to sleep on the road because hotel costs are a big cost when touring. Um, and I need a place to record. And, you know, I, I dreamed of midway through this, once I got the house concert thing done, just becoming this well-oiled machine and just cranking out covers and new songs from the road. Yeah. Again, just kind of like 80%, just like acoustic live, shoot it out, see what people think. And, um, I'm getting towards there. I have, um, I'm learning how electricity works, which is pretty interesting. And I'm trying <laughs> the to, hard way. Yeah. The hard way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Don't mess with 12 volts. <laughs> 
So yeah, I'm uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to rig it up so that I can get like my keyboard and my entire recording setup in there. Were you a handy person before? Like, were you? I mean, building stuff and I think I've just elevated tables. And I think I'm just a student of uh, the like the era where like I I think if I could tell my younger self like I don't go to college, I could be like go just go on YouTube <laughs> like learn you can you can learn. <laughs> Anything on YouTube, it's crazy. YouTube University. No, I mean, it's. It, I think, in, I mean, we're not so far off in the, from where people will be just learning things from free informational places. So, from a, a songwriting perspective, um, you told this pretty funny story about a, a song you wrote about an ex. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then you performed the song, and she was right there in the front row, yeah. and didn't re- even realize the song was about her. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just tell us about your like your approach to writing, you know, and storytelling. Yeah. So I think my approach to writing is um, I'll basically get a melody in my head, and I actually get a lot of melodies while I'm driving or walking. So this is actually um, a great time to write, and I will just turn on my voice memo recorder and I will hum the melody, and it will end up being a chorus or a verse. Usually, um, pretty hook based. I think coming from techno and loop based stuff, um, I kind of start with a hook, which, for better or worse, makes it kind of poppy, um, and then uh, and then I will figure out the chords to go with it, and um, and it's sort of a sort of a melody, like vocal melody first. It's very vocal centric music, I think. You know, I come up with the vocal melody first, come up with the guitar to back it, and then just lay a, a metric shit ton of harmonies over it. You know, um, but uh, for the most part, it. I'll get a melody out of the blue while I'm driving. Sometimes I'll just be playing the guitar and we'll be playing like a couple, like seven chords and um, a melody will come about. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's just kind of out of the blue. And um, I I think I got like a little bit of OCD because I just hoard hooks. Like I have a, I have a phone full of voice memos. It's just, it's just all nice. hooks, you know? And I'm like, at some point, I'm going to just like make myself go through each one and complete it. Because like the fun part is coming up with the that you know yeah, the yeah. hard part is finishing it. So um, I worked with this producer in, in Brooklyn, and he he made me finish like four of those hooks, and they turned into the songs that I'm playing now. Basically, um, four of the main originals I play are started off like that, you know. And he's like, you know, this isn't completed. Like I'm not producing this until you finish the song. So yeah, I had to like go through and like actually think through harmonies, and it was it was a lot more intentional. And I think that taught me a lot. And now now when I write, um, I'm still farming hooks, but yeah. um, but I, when I get a free chance, I sit down and I'm like, all right, we're going to fully flesh this out. But it's it's um, it's a game of inches with most songs. That song that I played about the girl poured out of me. I think sometimes people talk about this where sometimes it comes super easy. And then sometimes it's just it's just like a, a long, long game. You know, I have songs that have been in the um, queue, I guess, let's say, for like four years. Yeah. But, you know, um, but that song, I, I think it's it's an inspirational thing. I think when you feel inspired, it. You know, it's easy when you have experience to draw from that's fresh. Um, that can help, too. Um, I think there's so many, like, parallels between, like, uh, you literally as an entrepreneur and a traditional entrepreneur's journey. It is kind of write what you know. You may have a bank of ideas that you may not be able to get to for years. Yeah. Um, and it can be frustrating. Yeah. And, you know, but at the end of the day, you like, as long as you continue to take those steps it's you're doing the right thing, right? That's what the process. That's what the process is for, right? Like the the, the actual making yourself go through the um, the steps, right? When you when you don't when things aren't coming easily, I've found that there's there are ways to uh, move towards the right direction. I think as long as you're doing something, 
you're 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 doing the right thing instead of just like shelving stuff and you know not putting it there. Sometimes it'll just I'll just do a little work like while I'm driving when I shouldn't be, you know. I'll be like um listening to a voice memo and being like, okay, you know, well actually maybe I'll do like this chord here, you know. Um but I, I think yeah, I think I think that there's I think setting up a process is important. Even yeah. though it's not as romantic as just getting inspired from the heavens and you know, writing something. I, I think it's super important to like follow some kind of a process some sort of an ordered way of it's like any athlete right you go yeah. to, you practice every day yeah. in some games you like you score 40 points in other games you're like oh man I didn't 100% <laughs> yeah that was awful yeah 100% <laughs> totally and, and not getting too hung up on those awful days right because right. it happens to everyone right by the way when you sometimes when I walk around I freestyle a lot oh yeah um, but it's usually like really perverse stuff done um, so we can walk around together and like yeah sound schizophrenic Dude, maybe uh, I'll shoot you a song and be like, hey, lay down some flows over this. Exactly. Um, but I also like when I'm like, because it's almost slightly audible, so I'll round a corner sometimes. I'll I like, be like it. a mom and her little da- daughter. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, and then you can suck my, hey, how you guys doing? <laughs> What's up? Hey. Exactly. Hey, all right, little girl. How's, the, right. how's the weather? <laughs> super funny. Uh, so the show is called Innovation Crush. What have you seen, especially in your travels, that you are crushing on? You know, you've seen a stripper pole inside a <laughs> you've seen You've seen Trump. You've probably seen some cool technology, <laughs> ate some good food. Um, yeah. You know, what uh, what, are, what have you seen that you're, you're crushing on? Mm, that's a good question. I, I think uh, just, like, the dynamic of, of, of people and their friends has been – I'm – pretty fascinated by this how how different how wildly different every single night is you know and um and just just kind of seeing the type of people um that certain hosts associate themselves tells a lot about them i think that's a, f- a fun phenomenon right yeah. like you really are like the the sum of all your parts i, I think uh um like jen you know and, and jim like they're super yep. amazing people and like everyone at that party was super nice that i played um were it reflected you know I, I, they were so cool it's so easy to talk to um, but there's there's other parties where like the host is um, just like a totally different breed of character, and and their friends are are kind of like that as well. Uh, and I always manage to find like one person at the party who, if I'm not vibing with anybody, I can I can just like single them out, and we've you know formed these awesome relationships. Like I met this really cool photographer at one of the shows I played. She ended up shooting me in Long Beach like two weeks ago. So it's just it's it's that you know I think I'm crushing on. Uh, on making new friends and, and seeing other people's, just watching other people's friends. It's, I love that because it's, it's so analog. And I'm kind of like, in the past couple months, I've just kind of been obsessing over analog. Like there was this, yeah. um, there was this group of coffee shops in New York that kind of collectively decided to get rid of Wi-Fi. And there's a really cool article that says, and, and an amazing thing happened. People started talking to each other. Yeah, oh, right? so true. Um, and to see people actually interact with one another and not, and see who they are really and not through one of these devices, right? Like it's well, that's the other thing. Like this year, obviously, like politically, it's just it's just been horrible. Like Facebook's turned into this feedback loop. It's unusable, like for personal reasons now, just because I think like it's impossible to ignore the the train wreck that's going on and people keep posting about it. And then you also have just this division where people are like, You're an idiot. No, you're an idiot. And you don't get anywhere and that's so frustrating and I think that people would be less apt to call each other names and be less understanding they'd be more sympathetic if they're in person yeah. and I think a lot of that a lot of this was also kind of born out of like you know what I'm just going like to get, get out there and I'm going to play people who play people's houses who I don't agree with politically and I won't always bring up politics or you know life events or whatever but like I just want to connect on one level because humans are not unidimensional you know yeah. and I think people forget that on Facebook 
because on Facebook you are basically, you're like, this is what I believe. This is what I look like. This is my best angle. You know, <laughs> it's like, my yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> These are my Douglas. This is the side <laughs> shot of my behind. Yeah, it's so, I mean, you know, it's, it's uh, people, again, this is something people say and we all know, but uh, I think, I think it, the world could do with more people just kind of getting out and making an effort to understand the other side or just talk to people, you know? Yeah. No matter how frustrating it can be. Um, I, I 100% agree with you. And I also, like, I'll take that a step further because I, I also think that people who do these anti-whatever blasts or pro this is like they think that they're making a difference, as, yeah. which – which is, which isn't right, you know, and that's, there's a there's a mistaken um, I'll call it a mistaken identity where you're like, yes, I'm making I'm doing something because I talk about this every day, and you're like, no, like, armchair activist, you're, you're talking to the wrong people. Yeah, your high school friends don't care. No, <laughs> it's like yeah, good job, way to save the environment. You exactly. Know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at the picture of this whale. The shot in the Queen. face. Glad I did something. Can you today. shoot a whale in the face? Is that, <laughs> shotgun. I think so. Yeah. At least a beach one. I think that. Oh, that's to, right. You, you should be able that. to shoot a beach whale. Yeah, that's, you should be able to. If you nah, can't, you're I'm going to post that on Facebook. <laughs> you're, you're a bad marksman. I'm for shooting beach <laughs> whales in the face. I'm for hitting fish in the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last but not least, complete this phrase for me. And if, oh, you ready? Yeah? No? You had to go oof before it. Uh, I'm like, uh, yeah, I got to think? I don't know. I didn't come on here to think. You, you, you think naturally. Here, you're a natural thinker. Three, stream of conscious. Stream of consciousness. <laughs> All right. All right. Three. Let's, let's do it. Two, I'm doing. I'm using musical terms for you. Three, two. Innovation to me is approaching ideas that already exist in an original way. Boom. Um, let's hear you do it. <laughs> pull that. Pull that uh, string stick out of. Out of <laughs> I don't know any like. Well, this is a banjo. <laughs> Should I play that that song I wrote, the, the skating song? Whatever you want, yes. Um, it wasn't that bad though. You set it up. You set it up like it was gonna be like a hundred percent disc record. I should probably write something meaner. I'm I'm just not mean enough. I'm I'm trying to learn that too on the road, just how to be a bigger dick. But <laughs> can I? Is it okay if I sing the original lyrics, sort of a bit more explicit? Sure. Is that right? Yeah. That's fine. I love it. Yeah. Because there were kids in the room. It's funny when there's kids in the no room. No kids in this. Dude, do you want to hear me me flow or <laughs> like, like that's, that's me when I'm trying yeah. to edit on the spot and I say you things just like totally get lost and you're like oh, oh my god. I think I said that's the gist of it. It's the same old stuff. She hangs like smoke. I take a puff or something stupid. But yeah, basically, um, there's a part in the song that basically is like that. So this is called um, When You Left. And I haven't put this one out yet. I woke up on a Sunday morning. Another night gone by. I had too much. Yeah, I burned it up. And I still walk with the light Arms over arms Legs over legs Night after night And day after day And when you left me is quiet as Sunday morning came I I didn't hear you leave but I knew by then that you'd be way down 8th Avenue still still I found it strange how I fell under your spell how fast a spell could fade and will I ever know why 
Seems every step you took Put you farther from my mind From my mind From my mind From my mind Yeah, you got me, you really did, yeah Held me up against the wall And there's no one who will ever be safe From your gift for withdrawal And it's arms over arms And it's legs over legs And it's night after night And it's every single day when you left me, yeah, you went away as quiet as Sunday morning came. I, I didn't hear you leave, but I knew by then that you'd be way down 8th Avenue still. Still, I found it strange that I fell under your spell. How fast a spell could fade, and will I ever know why? Seems every step you took Put you farther from my mind From my mind From my mind From my mind Well that's the gist of it It's the same old shit She hangs like smoke I take the hit And then my hands fall to her hips and just when I thought I was over it, she comes back around and she's out. Still I wonder why we fuck about. And if you're really happy now, we never said goodbye. Seems every step you took puts you farther. From my mind, from my mind. From my mind, from my mind, from my mind. Yes. Cool, you're, pretty, you're, you're a pretty talented guy. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. <laughs> no, thanks for man, having thank me. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for, for coming. Um, it's been a blast. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you got to make it. Uh, where, where are you off to next? I'm off to Phoenix, Arizona today. Nice. Yeah. How many how many of these have you done yet? What are you on 30? This is a 32nd show now. Nice. Yeah, so got 60 and counting on the books. And yeah, getting close to that 100 mark. Well, where can people uh, find you? We're going to find out more about what you're doing. I think the best place would be um, www.jameslamon.com slash about, and then they can kind of see the house concert thing, what I'm doing, the bio, and all that fun stuff. Find no D in Landman, by the way. Right, right, that's right. So it used to be Landman with a D, and then our ancestors lost their land, and they just snipped that D out. Wow, you lose your land and you just take a letter. That's a mnemonic. I made it up. But wow, okay. I, think, no, I, I think maybe they can just, yeah. I think it's a good story. Can I get a D? You know, they just take the D out. <laughs> Pat Sajak. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Everyone, this has been another installment of Innovation Crush, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you. Thank you.